this is JR from Less Than Jake, and you're listening to Sunset Flip Radio. Thank you, fuck you, bye-bye, everybody. And happy Wednesday to everybody out there in the radio waves. Welcome back to Sunset Flip Radio, your number one podcast for the art and sport of professional wrestling. As always, I am your co-host, the million-dollar father, Mr. Thomas Lisi, always joined with the most handsome man, usually in the room, little under the weather, so he's on the phone today, Mr. Alex Drayton. Alex, what's going on? Hey, Tom. Hey, yeah, we had to call an audible today. Woke we did. Up, uh, yesterday and just wasn't feeling good. You know what? That's fine. I mean, obviously, you're not going to come over and record if you're not feeling well, but we still deliver on our promise, which is that we give you a brand new episode of Sons of Philip Radio, whether it's on Instagram Live, as it was last week, because I was up in New Hampshire for Thanksgiving, or it doesn't matter if Alex is on the phone, I'm on the phone, we do it on Instagram Live, we still deliver every week with that material that you, the wrestling fans, want to crave, and what a week it was, War Games was last week, last Saturday, a lot of stuff coming out of it, a lot of stuff about the future, now we enter that lull in professional wrestling for the next couple of months where there's no premium live events but yes there is the new year so maybe we're raw and smackdown will do something special off that but going right into war games i mean it was something that obviously everyone was looking forward to wrestling fans when they brought war games back in the nxt version it was something that a lot of old school wrestling fans desired because they grew up watching dusty Rhodes, who created the war games and you know the legacy yeah, the legacy that WCW gave it, and, you know, even during the times of WCW when it was a little wonky at the end, they still did do war games, and then Triple H brought it back a couple years ago in NXT, and it was a really, it was a big success, so now, since he's running the show, he brought it up to the to the main program, and, I mean, I thought, overall, I thought it delivered, I mean, obviously, not every match on the pay-per-view is perfect, and we'll go on to that in a little bit, but... I mean, just the aura and the feel of, you know, watching the pre-show and looking at the two rings in in the arena kind of gave it a, a, a anticipation that, hey, this is going to be awesome right off the bat. Absolutely. You know, with the addition of Roman and that theater that we call professional wrestling, and I know we're going to get into that, but that match and that story they're telling with the bloodline and Sami Zayn mm-hmm. is nothing but a chef's kiss. It's very and, good. And coming from two chefs here recording a wrestling podcast, that was beautiful. Yeah, and I mean... And the award-winning. You waited for that embrace, that hug. That was the equivalent. I mean, I might be putting it out there pretty far, but I would say that was like Mega Powers... Uh, it was very good. Like, now it was crazy. Now, side note: if you hear anything in the background, my daughter is watching Miss Rachel underneath or on the second level of our house. So, and I do have the door open. So, if you hear a little Miss Rachel going on, that's her watching it. Because, uh, you know, uh, just to throw it out there, anybody. Um, right. And yeah. If uh, Miss Rachel is listening to the podcast, uh, can you please put some chapstick on, please? Because your lips are totally ashy. And Miss Rachel, if I were you, I would go on tour because you would make a shitload of money. I will be your uh, catering chef, I guess you can say, if you ever wanted to go on tour. So thank you. And thank I'm you. Pass on that. I'll just watch her from a distance. Yeah. And thank you for keeping my daughter entertained for hours and hours and hours. But. Um, we gotta put if we're putting people over, Tom. We gotta put Bluey over. Yeah, we, we gotta we gotta talk, put Bluey. We talked in a while, but Bluey OG Bluey live show at Madison Square Garden. I was I was crying my eyes out. 
you know, they're doing the theme song and all the, there was big puppets played by people, you know, so there was like hands in the puppets and everything. And my daughter's totally engaged, so it definitely had a good time. It's a, oh, it's it's a good awesome. time for kids' television. It is. Because young, uh, young dads are slowly finding out. Yeah, and I mean, I'm realizing that my daughter really likes watching this Rachel, and I think it's just the voice that she gives. So, I mean, hopefully one day it'll be the voice of our podcast that she is entertained by but for now it's the, the it's radio the, it's, waves, the yes. vis, it's the visual of miss rachel and the same video over and over again so normally the video is 60 minutes so since our podcast is normally 60 minutes i feel like i'm in the clear right now but um you know i want to start off with something about war games that i really came into perspective that um now i'm kind of going to go off on a tangent a little bit because obviously if we talk about war games you know the first thing that we should talk about is the war games match obviously but something that i want to talk about i mean always you know you like to bring up the negatives before the positives anytime you explain a situation or you talk to an employee or whatever you know you you set it up and then you hammer them later on um now now here here is my hot take for the for the episode but um i don't think Ron- new to me so i'm ready to hear no. <laughs> Straight up, I don't think Ronda Rousey cares about being a professional wrestler. Oh, um, you're I, just finding this out now? Well, no, no, no. I mean, I, I've kind of, I, I you know. I for Shotzi because I wanted Shotzi to get her shot, see, to, uh, you know, to wrestle and, and do her thing. But that no sell on the apron and just not being able to fall properly, you know what you I know, mean? You know, I think. The, it's tough stuff, yeah. dude. The the problem with Shotzi was I think the Money in the Bank situation left a really bad taste in the mouth of wrestling fans because if anybody didn't watch that Money in the Bank match with Shotzi in it, she was on the receiving end and she started a couple botches in that match where you're kind of looking at it, it's like, ooh, you know, it's kind of like a train wreck. And I mean, obviously, I'm not a professional wrestler, nor is Alex, but I mean, obviously, as smart mark fans that we are, we sit there and we say a botch and, you know, all this stuff that we see. But I mean, I think from the beginning, the crowd was not even involved in that match. Obviously, it was a bathroom break match. But then if you look at everything in perspective about Ronda Rousey, the way that she was brought in originally and the way that her character has developed over the years i feel like the wwe is afraid to actually have her look soft because i think the problem is that her name that was brought up in ufc history to ufc hall of famer i think that that's what the wwe is most you know they're looking at that more than anything else and and the problem is that it's giving a a bad visual of what the product is because there's a lot of wrestlers on that roster that are women that can outperform Ronda Rousey in the ring, that can outmaneuver her, that can outtalk her, that can hold a microphone the right way, that can give a promo the right way. But the problem is that when you have the, the, the moniker of UFC Hall of Famer, UFC champion, baddest woman on the planet, that automatically catapults you to a level where it's kind of like the Vince McMahon of old where I'm selling on the name to get the person over. And yeah, I think it's just the old trope now. Like that was a total Vince move. I understand that Triple H does want that legitimacy also, but I think if Triple H had it, he might have steered away from Ronda and onto somebody else, if anybody else. Well, I mean, I think bringing Ronda Rousey originally back at WrestleMania 31, planting the seed with the Rock and the Ring, and her and Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, and having all the UFC women sitting front row for that spot with the Rock. You know, I mean, at the time, The Rock obviously was a huge megastar, but I mean, that's 
five, six years ago and five, six later, five, six years later, Ronda Rousey is in WWE. She's a um, what two-time champion. She main evented WrestleMania, won the first woman to do that. She main evented the first women's all-pay-per-view evolution back in the day. And I think that ever since that she was brought in, she stole the spotlight from Asuka's win at Royal Rumble, being the first woman Royal Rumble winner ever. Asuka takes the loss for, to Flair at Mania, which is a whole other topic. But I think ever since then that, ever since that happened, that means that, in my opinion, the women's division just had a stamp on it saying that anybody that's tried, that tries to go against Ronda Rousey will not look as strong. Because if you really think about it, Ronda Rousey was only pinned what? once in a strong way and that was becky lynch on a backslide right has she actually ever really lost a match due to someone's finisher and looking i don't want to use the word weak but you know it, it to no, me is a good way to, to put it yeah i mean to me it kind of sounds like you know when when i'm really thinking about this look at hulk hogan's reign at the first uh, seven wrestlemanias he was six and one the reign of terror the reign of terror yeah he i mean he held the WWF championship hostage for a long, you know, for those seven years, a good majority of it. I mean, the only WWE champions that were there from WrestleMania one to WrestleMania seven, there was macho man, Hulk Hogan, ultimate warrior. That's it. That's all the, the champions were in a seven year span. I mean, obviously macho man's a one, you know, we always say one, a one B to Hogan, but I mean, basically if Hogan was making more money doing anything else outside of wrestling, that's when the, that's where a champion happened. Now, if you look at Ronda Rousey, when she had a child, she took time off and there was another champion, but then she came back and now she's holding the, the SmackDown women's championship hostage, in my opinion, on, on SmackDown. And what are we going to do? We're going to wait for uh, Becky Lynch to win the Rumble and Challenger. And, I mean, in the meantime, they're just throwing names out. You know, did Shotzi absolutely belong, you know, deserve to be in that match? In my opinion, I don't think so because I don't think she's over enough as a face to get to, to be part of that match. And I know that you have to fill the match up. I know you have to have, you know, you have to give wrestlers their spotlight. But, I mean, if you look at the storylines of some of these women, like Liv Morgan's storyline just faded away with her alter ego. And, you yeah. know, Lacey Evans isn't even being used. And, you know, you, you could have had somebody else in that situation rather than Shotzi. Raquel, she built her up. Yeah, you could have had Raquel, and now she's out a couple of weeks. I think she has a legitimate injury on the hands uh, of Shayna okay. Baszler. But, I mean, there's another name right there, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Yeah, will Shayna Baszler get over as a face? Probably not, but you can tell a good story in the meantime and try to give the fans a glimpse and a hope that maybe she could beat Ronda. Because, I mean, as soon as that match started, obviously no one knew that Shotzi was going to win. And, 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 you know, it kind of, you know, put a little damper on what War Games was because and when you look at Ronda Rousey in general, you know, I just, you know, she, she to me, she's turning into a, a superstar or, you know, if you want to call a superstar, a professional wrestler, it doesn't matter what you call him, but she's kind of turning into a one-dimensional person where you're not getting more than than what you're getting with her. Honestly, same move set. She can't talk for shit. She can't hold a microphone for all it's worth. And she's kind of just putting this bad label on the women's wrestling, especially on when you look at Raw, where Raw opened up with the women again, with Becky Lynch again, and had a women's match after that. So the first, so the women took over Raw for the first half hour, 40 minutes, yeah. right? That and, was uh, commercial free. Yeah, commercial free, and then and then you look at SmackDown, and it's just Ronda Rousey, and that's it. 
I mean, the fact that, you know, the women's champion is viewed between the times of 9.20 and 9.40 before the main event, obviously the times where people kind of lose their, you know, they lose their patience with SmackDown a little bit because, you know, SmackDown, yeah, it's turning into a great show, but I mean, when you look at what's going on with SmackDown, you have the Bloodline, which is the best thing in wrestling right now for the WWE. You have Bray Wyatt, which is a lot of questions left unsaid, which leads into another match with with this first match or possibly LA Knight at at Royal Rumble and there's a gimmick match called a pitch so black gonna, match. Hold on a second. I'm going to stop you right there on the yeah. Wyatt. Do you really think that's going to culminate 90 plus days from now or do you think we're going to get something on TV? Well, never mind. I, ca- I kind of feel like they're going to lead it towards the Royal Rumble because the longer that they give it, the more they Ooh. the more time they have to tell the story of who Bray Wyatt really is and why is he still going after Alexa Bliss? And who is really Uncle Howdy? And are we going to see Uncle Harper? Something about the Alexa Bliss thing, I believe, right? Yeah, I mean, I I think that they're going to stretch us out as far as I can. And to be honest, I think that's Bray Wyatt's decision because obviously he has a lot of creative control. control. He has a lot of creative control about his character, and for and for him to come back to this company and for him to sit down with Triple H, they had to go over a lot of stuff. Like I don't think this is like a week by week thing with his ideas and you know, what he, what he wants to do and what he wants to say. I mean, if you look at all of his promos recently, he opens up with the same, with the same entrance, uh, with the same intro, because I'm Bray Wyatt, and he talks about, you know, coming back and trying to find the inner demons, and all of a sudden you see Uncle Howdy, and then now we're seeing L.A. Knight kind of, you know, interjecting that, obviously, because you have to have a feud with him if he's going to be a wrestler on your roster. But, I mean, um, that slow burn is what, is a big chunk of SmackDown. And then, you know, they're throwing things like the SmackDown World Cup. They're throwing things like, you know, um, matches here and there, brawling brutes. But I mean, honestly, what's coming out of SmackDown right now is a couple things that are the negative spot. No one seems like a real challenger for Ronda Rousey as she holds the, as she holds the championship hostage for as long as she has. And even if when she is on television, she's performing half-assed promos. She's having Shayna Baszler help her out with that. She's standing outside for Shayna Baszler matches, and she's coming off as a heel, and she's acting way too much, in my opinion. In my opinion. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, for me, I mean, I, I really enjoy women's, women's wrestling. I'm a big fan of Rhea and a big fan of Bianca, and, you know, to this day, I'll stay Charlotte Flair, still the best woman in professional wrestling, and she is coming back soon. So, I mean, once Charlotte comes back, you know, maybe... Even though I do think that she's going to go on Raw, in my opinion. But, you know, for now, I mean, the only damper I have to say is that match with Shotzi and Ronda was train wreck from the beginning. So many spots didn't seem right. They both seemed uncomfortable and nothing got out of it, in my opinion. Didn't make Ronda look any stronger. It just made Shotzi seem like the same character. And it just leaves us with more questions about what are they really going to do with Ronda from now until Mania. Because from now until Mania... It's five months away, man. I mean, five months. I don't see. I don't see Ronda dropping the belt in the next five months because they're not giving anybody the opportunity or the real confidence in doing that. It's it's kind of just. It is what it is, and I mean, you know that that's a phrase that we said before so many other times back in our previous episodes. Remember, wherever you get your podcast, you can go back and listen. As we say, it is what it is. That's like that was like. In, uh, in my opinion, like the low, uh, the slogan for the Vince McMahon terms, it is what it is. It is what it is. And, you know, how many, 
how many free chances do we give Triple H? Yeah, I know. It's one little minute detail about this huge big company that he has from NXT to Raw to SmackDown to possibly booking some the biggest WrestleMania of all time. But if you're going to book the biggest WrestleMania of all time, which is what he's trying to do, is Ronda Rousey really the answer for fans to really get behind if you're trying to push and continue the movement of women's professional wrestling in your company. Right. To me, I don't think it is. Because the Raw roster is getting so overloaded with talent. Rhea, Becky, Bianca, Bailey. On SmackDown, Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey. That's it. Raquel, who's hurt. Shotzi, who already tried. Do you bring Charlotte back to SmackDown? You have to. I mean, that's the only other thing you do. Or you keep supplementing it for right now until you have a Shayna feud, which that Shayna feud can give you time to build to another program. Because but Shayna's legit. That Shayna feud can get you through Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah. And we Again, you know, there's a lot of time between now and, and then, but you'd have to kind of start sewing the pieces together. Right now, they just look one, mm -hmm. you know? Like one unit who are, you know, out to destroy the whole roster, honestly. Yeah, I mean, if you really wanted to make it interesting, then you have Shayna and Ronda win the tag team titles off damage control. And then again, you say to yourself, damage control. Okay, those, those, there's two more wrestlers right there. Dakota's losing to Candice LeRae on television. You know, EO Sky and Dakota will have the title belts a little bit just, just to keep that stable relevant while Bailey's in right. the background because Bailey's going to start a feud with Becky Lynch most likely. And maybe we'll see a couple matches on, on Raw with that. Because remember, there is no premium live event until Royal Rumble, which is next year. Yeah, we're going to have to get something. Because they, they're going to have to kind of interject some life here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean... See where that goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I really wanted to start off the podcast with that. I mean, normally I don't like to talk negative. But, I mean, I just had to get it off my chest because it's kind of embarrassing to watch that, in my opinion. I mean... And it doesn't look like we're going to get a return of Sasha and, and Naomi anytime soon or at all at this point because now I think all hope. Now you can abandon all ye hope here. Well, I think that was a great Bray Wyatt reference. But I think the, the what's going on with Sasha. Totally what would you say? A total unintentional. Uh, I like that, though. But when you're looking at Sasha, I heard through the dirt sheets as I'm pillaging through them and swimming through them this morning as I, as I wake up, as I'm bathing through them this morning, I noticed that. Um, apparently there was a bidding war with Sasha Banks right now. And to me, it's kind of MJF esque as far as what he's talking about, who gives more money, because I think that she has a number in her head. And I think that the WWE is a little tentative about what that number is. Well, and she's got to be healthy. She looks like she's in ring shape because she's always posting her stuff doing, you know, ring work, whatever. Um, uh, likely she's on a fast track to get a championship right off the rip. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors there that are part of, I'm sure, the bargaining chip. Probably a Bray Wyatt sort of deal with creative control in this sense. And, you know, hey, it's Triple H, this is his girl sort of thing. So, you know, you got to factor all that stuff together. That is true. But then we also got to factor in the back of our heads that is, if that agreement can't come to terms, then there's always plan B, which is AEW. And I know that for her to go to AEW, they're going to throw the book at her. They're going to throw the money bag at her. And 
for that to happen. Yeah, for- but I feel bad because automatically, like, you can think of people who she can work with in WWE. Oh, yeah. She can get so many good feuds with people in AEW to where then you're back at the same boat again. You're like, okay, what do we do from here? Yeah. She's not going to be on Dark or Dark Elevation. No, that's the problem. You only have three hours of entertainment. Actually, I take that back. For someone like her, with her name and her stature and everything that she does outside the ring, her past, the fact that she was the first woman in a Hell in a Cell match, the fact that she was a lot of firsts for everything, main event of the first NXT, the first right. Iron Woman match, the first Hell in a Cell, the first pay-per-view for women before the evolution, which was Hell in a Cell with Charlotte Flair, you have to have her on Dynamite. You can't have her on Dark. You can't have her on Dark Elevation. You can't have her on Rampage. And then she, you're going to totally piss off Britt Baker. So well, I, I would trade Britt Baker for Sasha at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, imagine, I imagine you had trades in professional wrestling. People, I mean, right there, if if they do sign Sasha Banks, right? Two things. Number one, the signing of of Paige goes right out the window. No one can yeah. give a no one can give a crap about her anymore. And number yeah, two, you know, you're overloading your roster to where the predictability factor that you have to give Sasha the belt right away is obviously clear. Who are you going to have as a champion in your company? Jamie Hayter or Sasha Banks? Come on. I mean, that's, I mean, don't get me wrong. Jamie Hayter is a great talent. We watched her live and she really worked her way to get over by the fans. But when you have someone like Sasha Banks, who is like, that would be the biggest free agent that, that AEW has signed from WWE. Bigger than Black, bigger than you know, Andrade and Miro who are who are on milk cartons as it is. Yeah. Um Sasha Banks going to AEW would be gigantic. And it's you can't treat her like an attraction. That's the problem. You can't have her wrestle only four matches a year because you have four pay per views. You have to have her on T V every week. You have to have her wrestle every week. You have to have her in front of the camera because if you don't and that would be the biggest waste of time for you, especially when you threw that much money at her, which I don't even know what the number is. But here's the thing now. You give Sasha all that money, you better, you better, better, better give MJF his money too. That's the situation. So, I mean, you know, I'm not speaking for Tony Khan, but I mean, because realistically, I think that she's going to come back. I think Sasha can come back. Naomi, I, I, haven't, I haven't read much about Naomi. But Sasha, if she does come back, it's Today's either her birthday actually. Sasha. Uh, Naomi's oh, birthday. is it? Yeah, I seen it on social. Oh, it's either she's gonna come obviously to WWE or AEW, and it'd be really interesting. You know, if she did come back to, to WWE, you got to put her on SmackDown. Right. You got to. Yep. Whether it's Charlotte or Sasha, we're at that point now where Raw is so overloaded with women, with good woman talent that SmackDown, the women's wrestling has kind of taken a backseat. It, it really has. It it's really sad, has. But, you know, I mean, it, you know, it, it comes in waves. Right? It does. It does. So, I mean, obviously, we start with something negative. We bring to something positive. And, you know, before we talk about the War Games matches, I really enjoyed that triple threat with Bobby, Seth, and Austin Theory. Um, mm. I thought it was a very good match. Um, what did you think of the outcome? I thought it was very creative. Um, I'm not mad that he won it. I'm curious and willing to watch and see where this goes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the only, I think that's the best answer, because to be honest, you know, 
since he dropped the Money in the Bank briefcase, we're talking about Austin Theory, obviously, you know, he dropped the selfie, he dropped the phone, he grew a beard, new look, different attitude. You know, he's talking more direct on the microphone now. He's not as childish as he once was under the tutelage of Vince McMahon. He's kind of growing into his own character, which is what you what want to see. Yeah, I mean, not just that. I mean, what a difference in in leadership there is at Triple H. I mean, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you what I think what you had was golden, where he was brought up as a disciple to Seth Rollins, and now he's the one holding the belt in front of Seth Rollins and took it off of him. So I mean, yeah. right there you have a backstory, and it's perfectly fine with Bobby because Bobby could Bobby definitely could have afforded to lose, but obviously in the back burner with Bobby is Brock. And if it's going to happen at Royal Rumble or it's going to happen at Mania, Bobby is fine with that. He has that for him. So, I mean, you can instantly plug Brock Lesnar into next week's Raw and start a program with Bobby because that's not going anyway anytime soon. So, out of that, you got... Out of the triple threat, you got two two feuds, Bobby and Brock, and now you have Theory and Rollins. So, I mean, it's going to be really interesting because obviously Rollins is playing as the face and Theory is the heel, but... How long do you let Theory be the champion? And do you have other plans for Theory leading into Mania, like possibly John Cena? Possibly. Um, now, there's, a, there's, there's even more speculation now that... Now, if I forgot, Alex, if you talked about this. Did you talk about how Roman may defend the belts each night at Mania? Uh, and yes, we did at one point. Uh, I feel month, like so. I feel like you brought that up though, and you had like your I'm own thing about. Sure, it. I did. I, I just uh, yeah. I know it was in obviously previous episodes, so yes. And I know that I know that you can take full credit for what we're going to talk about, but um, and you know you can bask in your glory like Keith Lee, but um, there is heavy talk. There's two. There's two things going on right now. There's talk about Roman dropping the belt, and there's talks about. Roman dropping one belt. So for him to do that, right. there's more talks of him main eventing both nights of Mania. One night against The Rock, the other night against the Royal Rumble winner. So now the Royal Rumble doesn't have to get won by The Rock. So The Rock can challenge Roman Reigns to Mania. And then the Royal Rumble winner, whoever it would be, right now on paper, in my opinion, it's Cody Rhodes, would challenge... Roman Reigns night two. Well, see, here's a tough spot, I think, with this um, Cody Rhodes thing. He's been out for so long now, and obviously it's because of the injury. There's nothing, you know, you can do about that. Um, they've rewritten stuff, and, and they've totally made amends for, for knowing that they were going down that road. Then he got hurt having to change things on the fly and ending up where we are today. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, factoring him back into everything is going to be very, very tough. And it could be 2015 Daniel Bryan Royal Rumble booking where he didn't win the Rumble or was supposed to, or no, excuse me, Roman wins and people get pissed off when they wanted somebody else to win. He might kind of fall in that. I hope he doesn't. But I, there's a, a possibility. I hope he doesn't either because right now, I mean, they're setting up Sami Zayn to be the biggest baby face in the company at this time. So now, I mean, obviously the bloodline is going to crumble before WrestleMania. All right, the 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 seed the seed has already been planted with Sami, you know, going over and double crossing Owens. Now the way that I would book that 
would be for Sami Zayn to to um, turn on the bloodline, and then him and Kevin Owens take the tag team titles. Well, there's talks about um, Roman and Owens at Rumble. Mm-hmm. Owens, Sammy at Elimination Chamber because it's in Montreal and that's yes. huge. And then they transition to a tag team and, and win the titles at, at WrestleMania. I mean, to me, that's good booking. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, Montreal is the home of Sami Zayn. It's in Montreal, the chamber. Um, fans are going to want him to get a chance to go against Roman. And, you know, obviously, this is like how Drew had his shot in his hometown. This is going to be huge for Sami. And for Roman to beat Sami in Montreal, there will be so much heat on Roman, heat-seeking missile from the top rope that... Way you're going to put Sammy over as a face, which mm-hmm. he already is. He's already been over. Now you're going to establish it, and now you're going to reestablish Roman Reigns being that dastardly heel mm-hmm. that we've been we haven't been missing. But because he's becoming the cool, you know, cool to be back, it, that's been established years and years ago mm-hmm. by many other factions and many other wrestlers. Now I'm not cool I'm not buying back. I'm not buying this whole thing. The whole I mean, Roman was pissed. This whole Roman was pissed because Kevin Owens slapped him and, you know, he was talking shit to him backstage. Apparently that spot wasn't planned, but I don't think that little wrinkle is going to change the booking of Royal Rumble because right now it's booked to be perfect. I don't think it's going to. I think it's going to play into it. No, I think it will too. I mean, I think if Kevin Owens faces Roman Reigns at the Rumble, Sami Zayn tries to help Roman, actually hurts him in the meantime. It doesn't cost him the title right there is your... Right there is your excuse to kick Sammy out of the bloodline and then have him get his revenge against Roman at Elimination Chamber. Not win, but still stay relevant enough to team with Owens and then take the Usos' belts off of them at Mania. Bingo. Huge pop. Make everybody happy. Yeah, you're going to break up the bloodline, but not really too much because the Usos will still be in the bloodline without the titles. They'll be chasing that, but then they'll still be behind the Tribal Chief. Yeah. Now, the other question is, say if now, now again, remember, we go back and forth here in the podcast. We talked about war games, and now we're into WrestleMania right now. There's really no description or no timestamp of what we talk about. We just talk about random stuff. So... Say right now, Roman has two matches at Mania, right? Night one and night two. One of them's against The Rock. One of them's against Cody Rhodes. Do you dare have The Rock and Roman main event night one? No. Sunday will always be the natural day for Roman. Mm-hmm. If you do tonight, which is where we're, we're going, you have to continue to do that. As night two is the bigger, you got you're gonna give Saturday its due, so you're always gonna give it a match or, or two, and then Sunday will always be the big deal. Remember so, last year, a lot of fans thought that the Saturday was better than Sunday. I mean, Saturday had Steve Austin return, right? Sunday, yeah, well, all sun that stuff is discretionary. I, I think it, it's how it's built and how the cards put together. Yeah, I mean, Sunday was kind of sabotaged for the last hour by Vince McMahon, in my opinion, um, but. <laughs> You know, of Sunday, but I mean, right now, right now on paper, you can still have Cody against Roman, Roman against The Rock. You can still have the women's titles that we talked about. 
You can have yep. John Cena. Now, this whole John Cena versus Stone Cold Steve Austin thing or John Cena. I mean, for John Cena. I hope the... there's no legs to that because I'm, I'm good. No, I mean, I mean, for John Cena to come back at WrestleMania in Hollywood, I mean, obviously, it's another perfect scenario because that's where he mostly is right now. I mean, not so much like The Rock, but I mean, you know, so much to where he could challenge someone like Austin Theory because Austin Theory has been planting the seeds with some backstage promos on WWE.com about, you know, winning the title in Boston and giving a jab towards John Cena on multiple occasions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, right there, Austin Theory. Yeah. Austin, for Austin Theory to go over on John Cena would automatically catapult him to be one of the top five guys in the company if that happens. Yeah. Absolutely. And if they keep building him up the way they've been doing it, I think John Cena will have no problem. Uh, no, John Cena, when, John Cena came back, lost to, the, lost to Roman. John Cena came back in that Firefly Funhouse escapade with Bray Wyatt. I guess you can say he lost because it's a cinematic match, but the last image was him getting pinned, so I would assume that was a loss. So, I mean, I, I, John Cena, he's, what, a 17-time a, a champion? Right? No, no, don't give him the extra one. He's uh, a <laughs> uh, 16-time 16, 16 champion, ties the record with Ric Flair. Okay, he's at the point in his career where he's focused on a lot of the Hollywood part, but yet still has wrestling in the back burner. Will John Cena wrestle at WrestleMania? Yes. Will this be his last one? No. I think John yeah. Cena has a couple more matches left in him. I think that the WWE has plans for him. I think his plan right now is what CM Punk's plan was supposed to be from the beginning for AEW, and that is to put the younger talent over. And what other talent can you put over than the youngest guy right now in your roster that's that's hitting the charts up, and that's Austin Theory? Yeah. I mean, it, it writes itself. I mean... This, I mean, if we had to pick a tagline for this WrestleMania, it would be WrestleMania 39, it writes itself. Because there's so many different storylines that you're going to have to do because it's just the perfect timing to do. It's right place, right time. And I think that Triple H knew that while he was taking over the company for Vince because he had all this, all the ideas that Vince, I mean, all the ideas that Triple H has in his head. He's finally going to have a chance to put them on display at the right place in the right time. I think after, oh, great. I think after, um, wait, what am I looking forward to say? After WrestleMania this year, so we had spoken a long time ago. Triple H is playing with all the playbook ideas from Vince McMahon. He's getting to the tail end of the book. He's at the last few pages, right? I think after Mania is where he finally gets to close that chapter and open up a brand new book, take the plastic off, brand new pen or pencil, and start writing. A nice Ticonderoga number two lead <laughs> pencil with the great eraser and uh, just start doing his thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when the gloves come off completely. I mean, this past pay-per-view was the first one that you actually had a chance to do in this country that was kind of like his... I mean, yeah, Extreme Rules was, but like this was like the big one, right? And what did yeah, you do? What did you well, do? I mean, you you brought back you brought back War Games to be a future stable of WWE. Yeah. Check. Check that, check that box off. Good job, right? Next is your Royal Rumble, which is in the Alamo Dome. Big place. 
lot of lot of things coming. You can blow the roof off if The Rock comes back. You can blow the roof off if Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble. You have so many different options. And that's just the men. I mean, the women right now, what's sc- problems to have. What screams to me right now is that Rhea Ripley has a rocket shoved up her no, that sounds weird. Rhea Ripley has a has a um has a rocket strapped on her back right now to go to the to go to the lunar eclipse of the WWE women's division and to dethrone Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair has been champion for two hundred and forty days. Okay, that's eight months, basically. Um an eternity nowadays it is it is an eternity and and bailey tried she didn't do it becky tried at SummerSlam. she didn't do it but that's fine because i still think becky lynch is going to win the rumble i think you give Rhea her due remember Rhea is a triple h girl that's that's his girl so and whose idea was her to lose to charlotte like that like i'm sure it was yeah, I'm sure I, when when Rhea lost to Charlotte at COVID Mania, that immediately took her down a couple notches. Yes, she was doing so well in NXT, right? She got called up to do a couple, you know, inter promo stuff leading up to WrestleMania before COVID ruined it. But I mean, now what she's doing in that group, she's the leader, she's the vocal point, she is she is a terror in that division. Okay. She has the look, the size, the speed, very similar to Bianca, right? 1A and 1B right now with them two uh, to be a champion. And for her to establish herself more in this company and to establish the Judgment Day as a potential long-term threat to this company, you do two things. One, you have Rhea Ripley go into WrestleMania as your champion. And two is you have the long-awaited match of Dominic and Ray, and you have Dominic beat his father at WrestleMania. Those now, are the two... see that little piece of art that we got over uh, Thanksgiving break with uh, him going to his house and then uh, beating the shit out of his dad? Yeah, that was awesome. Amazing. Great television. That it was. was. so great. And Ray was selling well with the ankle injury. I think Ray actually has an injury, but, I, I mean, I don't know yeah. what it is. But, um... I mean, right there, you know, Triple. I mean, Triple H probably has it in and has the gears going with Rhea and Bianca. And I mean, I think that's perfectly fine because remember, we saw a little glimpse of that at the Rumble two years ago when Bianca won. It was Bianca and Rhea in the final two. So I mean, right there, because you know, for for us to say that Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, kind of the older guard of the women's division. Are they turning into novelties like John Cena was more towards the end of his career? I don't think that they're just there yet, but they're turning into names where they are taking opportunities outside of professional wrestling. They're taking they're taking opportunities where if they do leave for a little while and come back, it's like they never left. So, I mean, to take the chance on someone like Rhea, it's not really taking a chance because she's outdone herself so much in the past couple months and outdone her Rio character like real yeah i can't speak for live shows but like she's not even wrestling that much no and she has so much of an impact she does she wrestled That's on happened. monday she wrestled two matches on monday technically she wrestled in war games she wrestled against roxanne perez on nxt she had a couple other matches, but remember, she came back from a pretty bad injury, so she's getting back into the swing of things. But, I mean, 
You know, you have to have her keep wrestling on television. You have to you have to make her a legitimate threat, especially leading into Royal Rumble, and you have to have her plant that seed with Bianca because it's coming soon. It really is. I mean, I think that Bailey and Becky can do their own thing, and that leaves Bianca with somebody who she needs to face. And right now, on on paper, it's only Rhea. It's not going to be yeah. Bailey again. It's not going to be Dakota. It's not going to be Candace. It's not going to be Asuka. No. Not at all. It's going to be Rhea and Rhea only. And going into Rumble, I wouldn't be surprised if Rhea possibly did beat Bianca at Rumble. Or if she didn't beat her at Rumble, then she's going to beat her at Mania. So, yeah, take it as you want with that. But, you know, leading into that women's war game match, you know, um, I think we picked the baby faces to win just because that was, that just seemed like the most sense. Uh, I mean, leading into that match, obviously there were some spots that they wish that they can get back. Um, but I mean, it kicked off the show. Like we talked about, you know, we, we mentioned that and, you know, overall it was a very entertaining match. I thought each woman had a good spotlight or a good time to shine. There were a couple times where I legitimately thought that Alexa and Bianca were really hurt. Because, you know, looked like some of their ankles twisted ways that they shouldn't have twisted. Um, oh, yeah. In that spot with Bianca and, uh, you know, you can see her I just thought her ankle just blew Yeah. Up. And there was a spot with, with Alexa, too, who I think looked like she carried a lot. Nikki jumped off the top and Alexa partly caught her. But the way Alexa fell didn't look that good. I was like, ooh, I didn't look that good. So, I mean, but so because... Think, uh, sorry to cut you off. What do you think? The uh, play with the Bray Wyatt situation there because you can see that she was displeased at the end of the match having her arm raised and then like you know she's sowing seeds of a story yeah I mean I think that she's showing seeds of <coughs> excuse me of um obviously a heel turn um yeah. I don't think that it's a heel turn to where we should get really concerned about her taking the title of somebody I think it's just I think what's going on with uh, with Alexa is to give her a new refresh of a character but yet still uh explain what bray wyatt's really doing i think everything that's going on with the little with the with the signs with alexa is only to benefit bray wyatt because remember the wwe already tried this out remember they already they already ran this angle of bray brainwashing alexa and you know they made their money off the dolls and you know they made their money off of this and that but now I think what Bray's trying to do is I think Bray really enjoyed that. And I think he's still going to bring that back, but he's going to put his own twist on it. What it is, I really don't know. Yeah. I, re- I really don't know. Remember, this is him taking creative control of his own character. Remember, this guy, he has, he probably has had this thought out in his head for a really long time. And he's finally having a chance to, to do it. Yeah, some of the promos seem a little boring. And yeah, you know, they kind of seem repetitive. But you really got to look at all these little videos that they're showing and all these little clues that it can either be a return of all of his gimmicks put together, or it's just this new character that we haven't even seen yet. And who is really uncle howdy is it Bo Dallas. Is it somebody else? I heard, I heard stories that is it really Barry Windham is uncle. Is it Randy Orton? Who, who knows who it is? Well, you're but, digging. but I mean, 
you know, right now, I think the best thing is for us to be patient with that character and just to take everything that comes in because we're seeing stuff that's happening on Raw, even though he's a SmackDown wrestler. I was very surprised that we didn't see anything at War Games with Bray Wyatt. I was very surprised. Yeah, I th- not even, uh, you know, a, a light flicker or something. No, you know? not not even a backstage walk by, not even a sign on a TV. Nothing happened. Right, or on a, uh, a microphone, you know, like Triple H did for SmackDown that day. Yeah, Yeah, when he turned and saw the QR. I mean, I think the QR codes are done. I don't think we're going to see them anymore um, because everybody knows it's Bray Wyatt. Um, right. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, you know, the the other day on SmackDown where he gave the promo was interrupted by Uncle Howdy, and then you saw the number on the screen, you dialed the number, and then the number directed to a psychiatric hospital of an evaluation of Bray Wyatt's character and how he shouldn't be trusted in today's society. That's what it was. So maybe we'll see more of that but i mean right now with the whole alexa thing for me i think it's still a little too early um if alexa if it ever cost now i'm waiting to see alexa and oscar in a match together and then maybe we'll see like once they get paired up to wrestle together because they haven't had a match on television in a little bit just them two um that's when i think that we'll see the first signs of something happening slowly it's a slow burn ladies and gentlemen slow burn but bright yeah, you just got to stay along for the ride. And, you know, yeah, we talked about WrestleMania. We didn't talk about Bray Wyatt. You know, maybe Bray Wyatt's waiting in the wings for Cody Rhodes. Because remember, at this point, there'll be two champions. So, I mean, that's going to come weeks from now from us. So, obviously, stick with us for that. But, I mean, back to the, back to the women's war game match. I mean, it was entertaining. You know, it had its fair share of weapons. It had its fair share of spots. Um, I think the outcome was exactly what I thought it was going to be with the baby faces winning because if the baby faces lost, I mean, win or lose, that match really had no, you know, after effects of anything, in my opinion. Yeah, the only thing it looked to serve a purpose was was to establish a couple people, new mm-hmm. people. Like Becky? Have Becky come back? Yeah. Well, I can't see Becky, but I mean, uh, Becky is the new feud. That also what it established with mm-hmm. her. And, um, Bailey, so. Yeah, you got the feud out of it. You had Becky pin Dakota to win the match, and then you right. had you had all of them open up Raw the next night or the two days after. So I mean, it was an entertaining match. It was good. You know, do I think it was better than the men's match? See, the men's match, even though it was foreshadowed by Sheamus's team versus the Bloodline, which is which is what it was. Obviously, the point of the men's match, the only point of the men's match was to establish Sami Zayn as a current person in the bloodline that you can trust. That was yeah, that, that was, was the biggest point. outcome yeah. of that match. Correct. Now, the storyline is for the Usos and Solo and, and, and uh, Roman, wow, we can really trust this guy now. He turned on his best friend, kicked them in the nuts, haluva kick, splash, bloodline wins. That was the biggest thing they got out of that was to start that slow feud with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and to give Sami Zayn more of a higher up level in the bloodline now. 
Yeah, and that's crazy, man. It is crazy. I mean, look at Roman. I mean, Roman was in the match for a little bit. I really enjoyed him sitting on a chair in the shark cage. I was very entertaining. Oh yeah, and then um, um, <laughs> I Rhea doing chin ups in there the whole time. That was that was very entertaining. Man, what a sight! I really I, I I enjoyed how Roman was calling the shots sitting on a chair after Jay. You know, Jay went in and then he told Sammy to go in because it was going to oh, be it was going to be Jimmy. And then he's like, no, you go in. Yeah. So <laughs> I really enjoyed that. So, I mean, right there, obviously, Roman's still pulling the strings in the bloodline. But now what we got out of that was that Sami Zayn is going to be like the number one guy in the bloodline for a little bit. And then we're going to slowly see how that involves with Kevin Owens and him in that feud now. Because Kevin Owens laid out a good promo the next the next time on Raw and said, hey, I, you know, I can't trust you. It's done. I'm done. We're done. No more riding together. No more eating together. We're done. Yeah. So right there just writes itself. But, I mean, overall with that match, I mean, again, it was an entertaining match. You had the right guy start with Butch. You had the long guy, you know, the kind of the the he crunched all the time. You know, I'm having him in that match to start made sense. Um, but, again, you know, that match delivered on what it had to do, which was to make Sammy relevant to the bloodline and be trusted. So, I mean... Yeah, Drew didn't win. Yeah, Sheamus didn't win, but that's perfectly fine, right? Those yeah, guys, those, those guys were just the names. Right yeah. The moral of our episode today is is the benefit of good storytelling mm-hmm. and the excitement it can bring when it's done well. Yeah, I think what, that's what we we really focused on today was the fact that it's getting good. It and is now we're gonna reach a lull that hopefully they hit another gear. Mm -hmm. and keep our interest because it's going to be a while before we see things pay off now. Mm -hmm. No, it's right. I mean, how... Or whatever, you know, we're going into the holidays too, so it doesn't help, but... Yeah, I mean, the the famous thing is how do these authors write these great stories? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do do you get to create a story and how do you get to do this? It takes time, right? And what what we're going to have to do, we're going to have to sit in and buckle up and and just take it as it is. And, I mean, um, I think that, you know, the other match, AJ and Finn, again, that was a very good match, too. Those two guys can work well together. They know their strengths. They know their weaknesses. I'm very happy that the Bullet Club and the Judgment Day didn't have a final say in who won that match. AJ won clean, which he needed to do because he hasn't won clean in a while. Finn was available to take the loss because, remember, when you're in the Judgment Day, the focal point of that group is Rhea. So anybody besides Rhea... You can take a loss, and it's fine. It's perfectly fine. Um, yeah. I mean, we haven't seen anything solo from uh, Damian Priest in quite a minute. No, we and we're not going to. We're, and I don't think we're going to. I think we're going to see something for Dominic, obviously with Ray. Um, I can I see maybe Finn Balor being in the Money in the Bank match at Mania if that does happen. Oh yeah. Oh man, that would be a good piece of work if he's uh, walking around with that briefcase. Yeah, I mean the he's got the right group of people to help him win. Like it's very fitting. Yeah, it it is fitting. And I mean, we never seen Finn Balor as a heel like this for this long. He's also he's also again, you know, we want to throw this out every time. You know, he can earn it himself. He doesn't necessarily need it. Mm-hmm. But the way the briefcase fits with a faction in a, in, in such a strong faction at, at that. Um, it's a good piece of storytelling. It is. 
It is. And I mean, there's only time, only time will tell with that. This is way too early for us to predict who's going to be. That's it. That's even if they have the money in the bank match at Mania, which I think they still will do. I think the, I think they'll have one, the women one night and men the other. Um, they have to. No, no, you can't not, you, you can't take it away. No, you, you, you can't, you can't tease it exactly. to how they're doing it and then not do it. Cause I mean, it's been more than a tease. Triple H come out and said that he would do it. So I mean, I think he's if he says that, then they're going to do it. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, again, that match delivered. That was a very well, well entertaining match. Um, well wrestled. Yeah. Well wrestled. I mean, that was a you know I, I really like that. Match. I mean, AJ Styles and um, Finn Balor. I mean, those two guys together oh, yeah. in the same ring. Those are like some of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, they work so well together. And then we saw it again on Monday night, and we saw the eight-person tag, which we were talking about. How are they going to do that? And the way they did it, it was kind of, you know, it was kind of little. It wasn't as built up as what I thought it would be. You know, I thought it could have been like a eight-person tag, false count anywhere, kind of like a main event on a Raw. But instead, it was a you know, it was a wonky screw up job with both yeah. groups coming down during the women's match and turning into an eight person tag. I mean, I think that could have been better. I think that, well, I mean, that could have been done better, but you know, now you bring me a Yemen as part of the OC. Now, I mean, now I don't think that it's going to be that feud is going to be done. I think they're still going to stretch that out, especially for live shows for a little bit through the holiday season, but then going into rumble it may change, but, um, but that's fine because that means that the club, you know, the club can go, f- the, the club can try to win the tag team titles, right? You can, you yeah. can let AJ styles, right? If AJ styles challenges theory or, or whoever the U S champion is, you have him right there because AJ isn't doing anything. If the club goes after the tag titles, Bobby's after Brock, Owens is going up with, against Roman, right? And then Seth or Theory, whoever comes out of that, you can throw AJ Styles into that and have him go for that title. Yeah, I like I'd like to see AJ get elevated into something big and bad. Um, you know, somehow get involved. The OC with the bloodline, I think, has money written all over it. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, um, I think that's a. You know, you can go down that road. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I have no clue. I mean, even honest, down the future. The timeline, Listen, but. you can even go down the line and say that Cody. Say if Cody Rhodes won the, if Cody Rhodes is the champion, he's going to be the WWE champion, in my opinion, not the Universal, because they're going to have Cody on Raw and and Roman on SmackDown. But yeah. I mean, to me, what prints money right there is AJ versus Cody. Oh yeah. I think AJ is a perfect first contender for Cody because remember, if you win the title, you want to go against somebody who's not too weak, who's not too strong, but at the same time, you can kind of see them beating you, but ultimately, you're going to win. And I mean, again, for someone that does anything in the company that we always talked about, he's your go-to guy that screams AJ Styles. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall, War Games was good. You know, I can't say anything bad about it, uh, except my little rant about Ronda Rousey because it had to be said. Uh, this past week's Raw was was pretty entertaining. Um, you start talk about the we'll call it the super stomp that uh, Seth did jumping on. Hitler. Oh yeah, that was awesome. And then you saw the the spear going for a um, 
suplex into a spear. Yeah, going for a falcon arrow. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were, listen, there were a lot of good spots from War Games, and I think the main purpose was to get good, like, video for the future, because I think War Games is going to stick around, because that was, like, one of Triple H's biggest things, is to get a lot of stuff documented, a lot of spots happening, so you can have the video package for down the road from now. So I think he can cross that off his list. I think well, that he can... A Survivor Series thing, it's more of a... You know, okay, the War Games will now become the pay-per-view that um, will take uh, Money in the Bank spots, and Money in the Bank could fall back into Mania. It could. As two matches, yeah. one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you eliminate Money in the Bank as a pay-per-view, then you bring up War Games as a pay-per-view, which is perfectly fine. And then you go back to Survivor Series being either Battle of the Brands or doing like an old school kind of mix. You can still do your teams and you can still have some uh, championships be defended. So um, I think they would go back to the old school way. I think they're kind of done with the, oh boy, I got to bring that box in. I think they're kind of done with the brand supremacy. Yeah. I mean, if they want to, if they want to, if they want to really make a statement, they can do the old school way, which is. You know, teams of four, and the and then you have the survival at the end. But I think that that ship is that ship has long sailed, and I don't, I don't think that the viewer would be that entertained in that unless there was something to come out of it at the end. Well, honestly. that's the thing. Everybody wants stakes, right? I just don't want a four on four match and somebody's designated sole survivor because to me that doesn't mean shit. Oh, absolutely, the sole survivor should be the uh, automatic number one contender, so everybody on the team is fighting across from them, mm-hmm. but they're also fighting themselves because they want to be the sole survivor. Yeah, I mean, back in 1991 where it was, you know, the Hulkamaniacs against the Natural Desire, whatever team names were made up, it was four and four matches, and then the, they only had one match of survival, and that was the 1990 uh, Survivor Series. That was Undertaker's debut, but I mean... Um, Besides that, all the other Survivor Series main events before that and then the one after that. Actually, Survivor Series 1991 was the first Survivor Series that the WWF Championship was defended. That was when The Undertaker won. Um, that's a little tidbit of information. Because that was that was Ric Flair's first Survivor Series. Then he cost Hogan the title. And then in the 92 Rumble... That's when he won the title, Ric Flair did. So, I mean, there's a useless information, but 91 was the first year that the WWF Championship was defended at a Survivor Series. So, Here we go. The use of, get a little something. You know? Useless information. So, so what's what? So what's next for us? Obviously, what's next for us is a brand new episode of Sons of Flip Radio debuting next week. What day it is, we don't know. I go back to work tomorrow, so we'll figure that out. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's fine. Guy. Yeah, it's fine. Um, don't know what I'm walking into. Perfectly fine. I'll take it as it goes. It's going to take me like a week to get back in the swing of things anyway. So, um, right into the holiday season. Yeah. You know, hopefully it goes fine. But, um, so as my daughter is making noises, the perfect time for us to end the podcast. But, uh, (laughs) please watch wrestling this week and please continue to watch wrestling and follow us because it's, it's getting good. Um, it's getting really good, really quick. So, um, in the meantime, I am your co-host, the Million Dollar Father, Mr. Thomas Lee. So you always join on the phone in this situation with the most handsome dad on the phone, Mr. Alex Drayton. Right. Uh, we are Sons of Flip Radio. Remember, you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts, uh, new episodes each week. Follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Sons of Flip Radio. You can email us at 
sunsetflippodcast at gmail.com. Again, please just watch wrestling. You, whether it's from 1988 to current day, just watch something to get yourself entertained to the day because it is a very entertaining industry that we do talk about every week. And um, in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And as always, peace, love, and wrestling, and take care. You're...